Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking to some fierce and fabulous female entrepreneurs. And today I am so, I know you think, you guys hear me say, I'm so excited about my guests, but guess what? I'm always excited about my guests because we pick them very, very carefully. But this guest is going to make every single person listening lean in and ask some questions of themselves. So let me tell you why. Alexandra Stockwell, MD, is known as the intimacy doctor. Yes, I said intimacy. So men, this means that you have to listen in too. Don't turn the channel. She is an intimate marriage expert who specializes in coaching couples to build beautiful, long-lasting, passionate relationships. She's also the best-selling author of a book called Uncompromising Intimacy and the host of the Intimate Marriage Podcast. Now she started out, you heard the MD there, so you know she started out first as a family medicine doc and is now a coach and has been for over 20 years. She's shown men and women how to bring pleasure and purpose into all aspects of life from the daily grind of running a household, which is not always sexy as we know, and intimate communication, and ecstatic experiences in the bedroom. We're going to have some fun with this. Now, here's a couple other things that I think are really important. And it proves that she not only teaches this and coaches this, but she knows it. She's a wife of 25 years, a mother of four. And she believes the the key to passion and fulfillment, intimacy and success, isn't compromise. It's being unwilling to compromise. Hmm, we're going to dive into that. When both people feel free to be themselves, which is that knowing yourself, the relationship becomes juicy, nourishing, and deeply satisfying. Now, I'm just don't take my word for it that she's uh, got all these accolades. She's also been featured in Huffington, Huffington Post. See, I got choked up over that myself. Rolling Stone, USA Today, Cosmopolitan, Business Insider, Thrive Global, Mind Body Green, Fox News, New York City, and Disruptors Magazine named her recently as 30 inspiring women to watch in 2022. And we are going to have some fun with this. Alexandra, thank you so much for joining me today. It's such a pleasure and what a warm, warm welcome. I'm so (laughs) glad to be here. I am so glad. I love everything. The first time I read your bio, I was like, my God, we need this woman on our podcast right now because you talk about and teach and coach on issues that every single one of us face, but maybe not always talk about, or maybe pretend in a lot of Facebook posts or Instagram posts that everything's perfect on the back end. And in reality, we don't always have all that. So I hit the highlights of your incredible bio, but tell us a little bit more about you, what you do today, and how it helps people to shock their relationship potential. I would be glad to. So as you said, I was 
practicing medicine. I, I love being a doctor. I love practicing medicine. And I found, I was in my mid thirties and I found that I found a few things. One is that I had worked really hard to get there. If you know anything about medical training, right? It's many, many years with college and medical school and residency and sleepless Mm. nights, tons of exams. And I also was married and had my first child in my third year of medical school, my second, just before my internship. So the point is I was all in and I thought it would be worth it. Yeah. I thought that when I completed all of that, I would have some sense of, I have arrived and this is how I want to live for the next four decades. Mm -hmm. And while I did love practicing medicine, I didn't have that sense of, ah, I'm so glad I work this hard. I don't actually mind having worked this that hard. That's not the point. It's just that at the level of a whisper, I just knew that it hadn't landed in the way that I expected that had been motivating for me. So that's one thing. And the other thing is that the way that I experienced it then is that I prioritize my patients over my family and my family over myself. And it's mm. easy to imagine how that would be the case for a doctor. That's a, actually a very common phenomenon among physicians and specifically among women physicians, but anyone who is devoted to their business and is an entrepreneur, it's just very easy for our work to claim more and more of our time and doing it well, we give ourselves. And then I find myself on the back burner. And the thing that I knew is I was doing so many things. I knew it was not a time management issue. It's not that I just needed to reorganize my schedule. There was something fundamental in my identity, personality, belief, mindset. I didn't really know what it was and I couldn't have even articulated it quite this clearly, but I knew that something was off and I wanted to make it right. And Mm so I, I, it took a lot of courage. This was not a standard thing at the time. I knew no physician who had left medicine other than due to accident or addiction. And so I arranged a sabbatical in my heart, kind of thinking I might not return, but not leaving medicine. I arranged a sabbatical And for the first time in my life, in my mid-30s with a four-year-old and a six-year-old, I gave myself permission to just do what I felt like doing, not because it was a means to an end, not in order to accomplish something, not because when I did this, then I would be happy, none of that, just because I felt like it and I didn't need a good reason. And so I took a dance class. I sat by the river. I did these things that maybe some of us have managed to do during the pandemic with the open space, but there wasn't open space in the culture around me. I carved some. And out of that, I slowed down in a way that is very unfamiliar for highly competent women. (laughs) Yes, especially if you've become a physician and you've gone through all that. Yes, exactly. And I, it's like, I, I got to know myself again and one thing led to another 
And I got to the point where I really wanted to focus on sensuality and sexuality for myself and for my marriage. Now I'm linguistically jumping right to that, but let me be very clear. That wasn't how it, it took years and adventures and addressing other topics. And then that was the thing that called my attention next. I, at the time I would have been embarrassed to just say what I just said. It was a real evolution. And so I took a deep dive into a fantastic training to really, I mean, I'm a doctor. I knew my anatomy. I have touched many human beings in all kinds of places, but I didn't know my own experiences. I knew the anatomy, but not my experiences. And so I really, Mm -hmm. I took a deep dive into a beautiful confronting training and it doubled as a coach training, but that's not why I was doing it. I was doing it for my own personal purposes. And I didn't at the time even really know what a coach was. I mean, my association with coaching was these overweight Russian men coaching these gorgeous Olympics figure skaters or football coaches, but Uh you know, relationship and intimacy coach. I, I couldn't have told you what that was at the time, but I'm a curious person. And so I thought, well, let me check out the teaching lab just so I know what's going on here. And I understand if people are referring to it, what they're referring to. And when I went to that teaching lab, I knew I'd come home that in relationship and intimacy coaching, I got that feeling that I had yearned for that I didn't have in medicine, but I can still do so many of the things that I really loved about medicine without the things that I didn't. Right. Well, you know, as you were talking and I loved, I wrote down, you know, you were talking about, I worked so hard. I thought it would be worth it. And then you said in the level of a whisper and, you know, you were talking about that coming through and I wrote down the truth was told because as you, as you said that story, you know, even just your body said in the level of a whisper, you know, I knew that my truth was something different. I knew that there was not going to be a point where that was worth it. And I think so many people um, look at the points in their careers, especially now, you know, I mean, we're in the middle of the great resignation where people are saying, I'm going to control my destiny in a way that feels right to me. And then they get there and they're like, now what do I do? <laughs> right. right. And I, I love the fact that you took space, you took a sabbatical, you took, you know, a course that appealed to you because you knew you wanted to get in touch with that part of yourself. And then you're like, oh, wait, if I'm also paying attention, here's where I can take all the beauty of what I did before and match it with something that will actually also heal people just as much as being a family physician, but it will heal them in a different way than a broken bone or high blood pressure. It will heal them in, in a way that, that can also impact the quality of their life, their longevity, their relationships, all those elements together. Exactly. And even though from a business model, it looks like what I'm doing is very different from my interactions with human beings it feels completely continuous. And I really love the things that you've 
kind of picked from what I've said. And I also want to underline responding to the level of a whisper because, and oh, and what you said about the truth will be told. Is that the phrase you used? I, I wrote down at the level of a whisper, the truth was told. The truth was told. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> so the thing that I want to say, particularly for anyone listening, is that yes, the truth was told. And yes, I chose to respond. Yeah. And that's a very important point because there are many people who, you know, can look in hindsight and think, oh, you know, I had this thought, but I ignored it. And so even in the intensity of my life at the time, it was a priority to me to notice the whispers. And I think the more competent, the more accomplished, the more action-taking we are, mm -hmm. the more intelligent, that can sometimes mean losing touch with listening to the whispers. And I think it's very possible to listen to the whispers without becoming some slow, wishy-washy, whimsical person. You can move quickly and decisively through your life and make a point of taking an afternoon to explore something that you notice that you didn't expect to notice, but there it is in your soul. Yeah. Well, I find, you know, even, um, and this is kind of a strange correlation, but um, in the last couple of years, I've been doing these um, hypnosis meditations that, you know, mm -hmm. I listen to guided meditations and I, I often listen to them at night when I'm going to sleep, or sometimes if I, I call it my, uh, you know, my midday um, meditation nap, where there's this one that's called raise your energy from the gentleman that I listened to his, um, his uh, tapes. And one of the things that I have found so amazing that the longer I do it, as I really listen and I let myself go, I can actually feel my body like, you know, you can feel the synapses, you know, when your brain's saying, okay, I'm going to shut this part down for now. All right. I'm going to twitch that toe. You start to understand the connection to what those whispers of your body are very intense. And before they would, you know, it was hard to get into it or, or it was, um, or you might miss it. But now I enjoy those moments because I'm like, oh, that means I'm about to fall into trance or I'm about to fall asleep. And it's such a joy to listen to those whispers and recognize them and, and make decisions on about them based on the listening and the awareness. I love that you've brought that in because you're describing, or I'm going to describe what you've described as a kind of mindfulness. And sometimes I think people hear the word mindfulness and they think of meditating on a mountaintop or having a life with tremendous peace. But in fact, that kind of mindful awareness can be brought to the hypnosis trance adjustment. It can be brought to choosing what food you're going to eat. It can be brought to how you want to be touched. It can be brought to really any moment. And it doesn't take more time to yeah. just expand our inner horizon and see what's there. 
Yeah. Well, and and to your point too, about how you want to be touched or what your intimate relationship is like, or at that moment, I love the fact that even in your bio, you talk about, you know, helping people to understand that, you know, true, you know, true joy comes from not compromising in a relationship, but understand what you don't want to compromise on and being able to not only know that and feel that, but communicate that. And not like, here's the line in the sand, but I mean, really having good, powerful communication about this. Yes, I'd really like to speak to that because throughout the world, certainly the Western world, the most common relationship advice that's ever given is if you want a great marriage, you have to learn to compromise. Compromise is the name of the game. And this is what we're taught. And in compromise, fundamentally, what we're doing is prioritizing what we think our partner's response will be. We don't always know what it is, but what we think it will be, prioritizing that over expressing the truth that lives within us, our desires, our feelings, our questions, our emotions, whatever it is, we deprioritize that and instead prioritize what we think will be more comfortable for our partner. And if what you want is a bland collaborative partnership, (laughs) then by all means, compromise will bring that to you for Mm -hmm. sure. That's exactly how to create that. But if you want a passionate, dynamic relationship where you feel cherished and self-expressed, then uncompromising intimacy is the way to go. And I like to be very clear in how I'm using the word uncompromising because the way Mm -hmm. it's used in general, it can sound like exacting. You always want to get your way. You would end up being a bully or really dominating in your relationship. And that does not lead to passion and long time lusciousness either. But the way that I'm using the word uncompromising is that you prioritize your own experience instead of deprioritizing it in favor of what you think your partner will respond to. You prioritize and honor your own experience. What is the truth about you or what are the questions, the concerns, the turn on, the desires, and say them in a way that is kind, is considerate, Mm -hmm. and is honest. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. so many, especially women, it's like we, um, we leave parts of ourselves outside our relationship. We like check it at the door in order to participate in our relationship culture. And that, that leads to a bland relationship. There can be a lot of love and companionship and, pleasantness. But if what you want is really to feel alive and vibrant and passionate in your relationship, you have to bring all of who you are and be willing to share it and grow in whatever way you need to grow to be ever more capable of receiving the same from your partner. So when I talk about uncompromising intimacy, that's exactly what I mean. And I really love the way this conversation has unfolded because we've really spoken about uncompromising intimacy and honoring our experience 
in relation to ourselves first. Mm -hmm. And now we've transitioned to doing that in relationship to our partner. And that's actually the sequence in which it's learned. We Uh. so often to improve our relationships, want our partner to change, or I just wish he or she would listen more. Okay. That's great. But it doesn't actually matter how much they're listening. If you're not going to put attention on how to reveal how to be aware and how to reveal the truth within you. I love that. I love that. And I love your term long-term, long-term or long-time lusciousness. And yes. we're going to, we're going to take a quick break, Alexandra. And we're, when we come back, I can't wait to dive a little further into that next step of how we then translate this to our relationships with our partners. So we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor for the month, and we'll be right back. Are you a highly sensitive individual? If you are, you are part of the 20% of people whose nervous system is wired to take in more stimulation than others. This can feel overwhelming trying to get by through coping and stuck in your shadows instead of your strengths. But it doesn't need to be that way. You can learn to be in charge of yourself physically, spiritually, and financially in a way that honors your highly sensitive self. Heather Dominic is the founder of businessmiracles.com, and she's been training highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders since 2010 to do things differently by working less and making more of a social impact and a higher income. Whether you've been in business for years or are just starting out, highly sensitive entrepreneurs are sick of trying to, usually secretly, manage overwhelm and other ways your highly sensitive nervous system tends to hijack and work against you. Now you're ready to learn how to be comfortable in your highly sensitive skin, to create your work and life to match who you truly are, so you can work less while making more impact and income. I should know, As a super uber highly sensitive entrepreneur myself, working with Heather and her team has changed my life and my businesses. To learn more, please use our affiliate link in the show notes or reach out to the Business Miracles team and tell them you heard about them from the Shock Your Potential podcast. Every listener who joins the Business Miracles program in 2022 will receive a selection of five best-selling books from our Shock Your Potential bookstore authors. Leading as a highly sensitive entrepreneur is a mindset to hold and an energy to embody. To lead means to show someone the way to be in charge of. As a highly sensitive entrepreneur, this starts with learning how to be in charge of yourself first and your purpose second. And we are back with Alexander Stockwell. And I... um, I am just, I'm loving this conversation, especially where we started about your journey. And before we talk a little bit about transitioning to, you know, this, this next level, um, because I think this might be a great, you know, stepping off point. And I hope I'm assuming you'll be comfortable sharing this. You know, you talked about in the beginning, reaching that point where you realized you were putting, you know, your practice, you know, your, your, your practice before your family, your patients before yourself. And realizing in there, and it's amazing, you know, you had two kids in there during all your, you know, your internships and your medical school and residency. I mean, that's a lot of stress already on, you know, on people. But at what point in time did you say, okay, I know I want to look at this differently. My intimate relationship is that important to me 
that I'm going to, you know, take, go to that course or to really dive into that. And the reason I'm asking that first is, you know, I think there's a lot of people listening who, if not now, at some point have gotten so um, involved with their work or other things, but mostly it's work that those relationships suffer in many ways and many ways they suffer intimately. So whether it comes up in the bedroom or it comes up in not holding hands or it comes up in getting cranky with each other, they're all forms that impact that intimacy. You know, what really got you to that point where you're like, okay, this is, I'm going to make this a priority, even though everything to this point in my training, my schooling has taught me to focus on all that other stuff and everything else, you know, as you can do it. That had to be a big awakening for you. Yes. And I'm really happy to answer that question. And I want to first say that in general, in terms of my clients, the question is a very interesting one to answer because for most couples, it takes a crisis Mm. to turn attention to this. And Having a fantastic relationship is a learnable skill. And mm-hmm. it really, if if there were couples who modeled this that were much more prominent in people's experience, if it was part of regular education, it wouldn't yeah. take a crisis. But yeah. mostly it does. And one of the reasons it does is because people don't realize how much is possible. And they also even if they want it, don't know how to create that. And the result is it takes a crisis. But I have to say, I have a very particular part of my heart devoted to couples who reach out when everything looks great on the outside. Mm -hmm. And on the inside, it is pretty great, but they can see if they don't make some adjustments, then things are going to be flatter than need be. And there's just a lot more possible. And when it comes to a business like even if we're not sure exactly what our next move is, we know because there are all these examples, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, Jeff Bezos, but even, you know, depending on the industry, we can find, you know, less well-known, but maybe even more inspiring people. We have that in the realm of business. We have that in the realm of sports. We don't have that in the realm of relationships. It's one of the reasons that I am so glad to, be on podcasts and share is I want people to know that so much more is possible. And there are plenty of people who reach out to me who would have continued for another five, 10, 20 years the same way, but just hearing that it's possible is the thing that pivots. So I wanted to presence that and then go back to what actually had me shift because it's probably not what you would think based on how we've been talking so far. So (laughs) I have four children. I had two at the time we talked earlier, but I have four children. And when my oldest, uh, a girl, turned nine, her birthday, it was a magnificent day. She was this beautifully expressed, radiant, feminine, not not, um, like, I would never say emotional, irrational, but just deeply connected with the range of her emotions and self-expression, just a really beautiful girl. And when we celebrated her ninth birthday and she was just so full of radiance, 
On the one hand, as her mother, I was thrilled. It's this joyful thing. I mean, to have a daughter who is so grounded and glorious. And on the other, inside, without anybody else knowing it, I was freaking out because when I was her age, my parents got divorced and I had a lot of complicated things to navigate at that time. And in seeing her, I realized that I had disconnected from joy and pleasure in being a woman. And I was not depressed. I, I, I didn't know this about myself until I saw the reflection in her and I realized, oh, I disconnected from something magnificent and I still haven't yet reconnected with it. And she was nine and I knew that if I didn't figure this out and stay at least a half a step ahead, by the time she was 18, she yeah. would have lost this potency because she would have been interacting every day with someone who was just a mm. lot more numb in being a woman. I mean, I had orgasms. I had children. I was devoted to my family. I want to give this in perspective. There was no, yeah. I had no clinical diagnosis. Right. But I didn't have vibrancy and pleasure and know how to really honor my own experience in the ways that I'm talking about. So my wake up call really was witnessing the joy on my daughter's ninth birthday. And it was both wonderful and really painful for me because of the way in which it was a mirror that showed me what was not true for me. Yeah, that is so powerful. But, you know, as, as you're sharing the story, I can, I can see parts of my past uh, before my current husband, uh, where I can see that. Um, I, I can see that in people I know, you know, that sense of, it's not bad, you know, it's okay, but it's not all I it's want. It's better it to be. than other people. It's better than other people. But if you're not living with the joy in your life, then, you know, if we wait to the point where everything's a crisis, then sometimes we can easily walk away and say, well, it wasn't a good marriage or it wasn't a good relationship. Instead of at what point in time could I have changed? Not, not the saying that everything is our own individual faults, but we all play a role. We're always the common denominator in any relationship, but what can I do or what can I recognize in myself that is ready to have joy and vibrancy and positivity. And those, those are, that's a beautiful story, especially when you said, I realized at that moment that if I didn't start living fully, she was going to dim down to me because she's around me all the time. I mean, that's, that's some powerful stuff. It is. And I really love that we're having this conversation on a shock your potential show because I'm guessing you're familiar with that rubric of, um, you know, you consider where are you putting your attention and the options are urgent, yes, important, mm -hmm. not urgent and not important. And yeah. plenty of us spend plenty of time in the not important category, you know, scrolling through social media, for example. and we end up creating lives where we're putting way too much of our attention on things which are 
urgent because we didn't really focus on important because with those, you know, there's a four squares. I didn't make this up. I don't know who did, but it's one of those things that is familiar for many entrepreneurs, but we want to spend as much time as possible in important Mm-hmm. And as little time as possible in urgent, because if we address things while they're important, then they yeah. don't make it to urgent. And so anyone who is considering a shift from a nine to five to an entrepreneur entrepreneurial business, anyone who is going from six figures to seven figures, like wherever you are, don't wait until your relationship is in the urgent category, which it will be if you're not really honoring it in the important category. It is so true. I mean, this just rings so, so incredibly true. I love it. And let me ask you this. So, you know, there's people listening. I guarantee you there's people listening. And I know you know that this is true, that are like, okay, I probably need this. Like my relationship probably needs this. I am not really sure what it would mean to my partner, for instance, if I said, hey, I want to introduce you to this woman I just heard on a podcast. Uh, You know, I I think maybe we might be interested in some of these things, you know, people or maybe somebody who says, yeah, that sounds great. And I know I probably need that. And it is important, but I'm kind of one of those people who waits until it's a little more urgent. But so I don't know if I want to dabble my toes in there, you know. What would you say to the the people who are listening right now that think, you know, I probably need that, but I don't, I don't know if I have it in me right now to take steps to move forward, to make that kind of change in my life and in my relationship. The first thing I would say is that I respect that. I think that that is honest and this is not an arena to force anything because as soon as you're forcing it, you've lost touch with what it's really about. So in that situation, what I genuinely recommend is that you read my book, Uncompromising Intimacy. It's a very easy read. It's available on both Amazon and Audible. And I tell stories from my own life, from my clients' lives. There are teaching points at the end of each chapter. There's a very simple exercise you can do. In fact, I just heard from some man, I don't know who he is, but he reached out to me on my website saying that he and his wife had done one of the early exercises, which is in my book, which is about remembering why you are together, what brought you together in the first place? What had you fall in love? Because if you're dissatisfied, it, it even if that's, let's say, 20% of your relationship, it takes up 90% of your mental real estate. That's just a natural response. And so it's so important to just remember, like, why are you together? What drew you to one another? What do you love about one another? And when was the last time you actually told the other person? It's good yeah. for you to articulate it. And it's good for them to hear it. So anyway, this man, they did this exercise. It's very simple. His wife didn't even read my book. She just looked at this short exercise. And he said, it's completely transformed their relationship. Things feel sweeter and more connected. So I'm telling that story because reading my book is a very non-threatening, very high value activity. And Mm. it will, in my book, I really describe the relationship landscape. You can place your own relationship, figure out what kind it is and what are the next steps to take. And then 
you proceed in the way that feels right to you. You might be a little nervous, Mm -hmm. but that shouldn't hold you back. But you'll know, is it time to send me an email? Is it time to read the book and do some exercises? Is it time to just read the book and not do the exercises and just let it simmer on the back burner? I have profound respect for everyone to know what to, you know, what they're ready for in their relationship. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a brilliant way to do it. In fact, it's interesting. Uh, I had a friend of mine who she had a book um, and it, I think it had to do with having money conversations with her husband. And uh, so she actually bought the, whatever this book was and she would just read it near him and she didn't say anything about it. She didn't, you know, do it. she just would read it near him. And finally, one day he goes, where did you get that book? And she said, I heard it was a great book. So I decided to buy it. And I think it's fantastic. And then she said nothing else. And so pretty soon he's like, well, why is it fantastic? And next thing you knew, he was reading a book and they were having a great conversation. And I think about sometimes when one person is a little uncomfortable about how to bring up the issue with their their uh, spouse, I don't want you to lie, but there's always a great way you can say, I heard it was a great book because you heard it on the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Although I feel like I want to give like um, Surgeon General's warning because I I took marketing advice when I wrote the book and published it. And so the some of the back copy is about how when you've lost the passion in your marriage and things like that, it's speaking the language of urgency, not only, but there's enough of it in there because that's what some people need. And so I've definitely had the situation where someone buys the book and then a woman buys the book and it's on the nightstand and the husband sees it and he panics because it's like, I thought our passion was okay. So just be forewarned that the book can inspire conversations of various kinds. That's awesome. I'm glad you told that story because that's really great too. I love it. Alexandra, we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, including links to your books, uh, to your book, both Audible and on Amazon. But just in case somebody wants to look you up right now and learn more about you, what's the best way to find you? Come find me on the Intimate Marriage Podcast. I have conversations with couples who have fantastic relationships and I do solo episodes. So the Intimate Marriage Podcast and the intimate marriage podcast.com will take you to everything else that I offer. Excellent. I love it. And before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I do. We don't choose our desires and we are always in relationship to our desires by ignoring them, by feeling badly that they're not coming true, by going for them. And so the essential action step that I would take from this conversation is just give yourself a little inner space to notice what you desire. That doesn't mean you need to do anything, but the first step is just to become aware of what you desire. And from there, the next thing will present itself. I love it. Great advice, Alexandra. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, sharing your story, but also reminding us what's possible when we take our relationship into that important category and give it the attention it needs. It's been so wonderful having you with us today. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. Thank you. I really enjoy speaking with you. 
thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.